Good day and welcome to another episode of InsureTech Business Series. My name is Damola Oloko. And my name is Ulumi. I'm your host. How are you, Damola? How have you been? Yes, I'm doing well. I'm great. Keeping safe. That's the best thing that can be done at the moment. What about you? Well, yeah, I'm getting ready to resume. You know, um, our lockdown has been called off. Yes. Um, I mean, we're sort of going. We're trying to prepare our mind and ourselves as well for the inevitable. I mean, judging by the rising numbers of cases, especially in our current state, we are, some of us are, you know, concerned. We're worried about people that might not survive it. And then again, we have to also put into consideration the economy. A lot right now to take on, but aside yeah. that, yes, I mean, it's, it's just advisable that everyone that is going to be going out should take out the advice that has been given by the government. Yeah. Uh, yes, all of the necessary yes, yes, yeah. it's very, very important. Today's episode is actually an interesting one. We had conversations with two different people, and they were quite interesting conversations. We first had a conversation with the chief information officer at Tangerine Life, Samuel Mboni, to give us a perspective from a new entrant point of view. And then we also had a conversation with the head of digital transformation at Lidway Assurance, Adeyinka Aderumbi. Do it both interesting conversations. Yeah, I think it's actually very, very interesting. I mean, to have people that are coming into the industry, like, you know, they're probably going to have like a fresh perspective of how exactly the insurance industry is going to be being a new takeover, a new um, organization. That, that's good. And also coming from people that have seen several phases and generations of insurance. Imagine um, having over 50 years insurance, should I say experience in that particular industry. The good thing that we're having both of them on board, coming from the new perspective and coming from someone who had seen um, this happen for a longer period of time. We'll start the conversation with Mr. Samuel Mbon. Thank you very much, Mr. Samuel. Welcome to the program. Um, thank you so much, Damola, for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. We just want to use this opportunity to uh, wish you a happy birthday. Happy birthday to wow, you, sir. Thank you so very much. <laughs> this is the <laughs> first time I'm having my birthday I'm locked down at home. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, there's, yeah, there's a lot of firsts for everybody in this period. <laughs> I mean, I want to ask, why insurance? I mean, you have a lot of experience in the banking sector and also in the IT. Okay, um, for me, I am someone that is very exploratory. I like to um seek for opportunities to add value. Thirteen years experience in the banking and telecoms industry. I think I've been able to add so much value in that industry. So coming to the insurance, it gives me a huge opportunity to add value because I see that there are a lot of opportunity in the industry. Um, the insurance industry in Nigeria is untapped. The penetration level is very low. So bringing my experience on board the industry, I think it will have tremendous um, value to the industry at large. So so I, I see it as an opportunity. I'm always seeking for where to to add value. So I'm bringing my quarter on board the industry. 
what does exactly does your role entail at at Tangerine Life, and how does Tangerine Life plan to take the market? I am the chief information officer. Um, so I am very much responsible for IT in Tangerine Life. Um, my response calls across um, enabling business, bringing on board. IT, right? Um, leveraging on um, IT and um, recent technology, um, ranging from um, artificial intelligence, machine learning, um, robotics, uh, and, and and the rest. So, um, I'm responsible for ensuring that business run as it ought to, um, and I'm also uh, uh, responsible for ensuring business continuity in the event of any form of um, unseen um, unforeseen circumstances like the COVID-19. We have been seeing a lot of content from Tangerine Life. Can you speak a bit about how the business would like to take the market? One thing is this. If, if you continue to run your business model using traditional uh, models, the business would, would collapse someday somehow. Technology is evolving. Things are changing. There are disruptions um, here and there. So IT brings on board that opportunity to tap into um, recent technologies and, and trend. Gone are the days where IT is seen as um, a call center. Um, now IT is seen as a business enabler. So um, enabling business, seeking opportunities, you know, for business. And um, adopting, you know, technology as they evolve in running business is at the core of what um, IT is doing at Tangerine. It's major for us where we want to be able to adopt technology for everything that we do. As much as we can, we want to digitize um, business processes, ensure that uh, we leverage technology, bringing automation on board, self-service and and the rest. Why, in your opinion, do you think that the insurance industry has been sluggish in the face of change tech-wise, you know, compared to the banking sector? Um, Thank you very much for this question. I've always seeked for opportunities to talk about this. Um, I've been in the bank. A lot of um, technology-driven innovation happening in the banking space. I would say one of the major um, benefits or one of the major achievements or one of the major reasons for the achievements is because there is a lot coming from the regulator, CBN. Uh, most of the innovations you see in IT space, they are driven from the central bank. And I'll give you typical examples, right? It's either as a bank that is licensed, you, you need to either adopt this technology, you adopt whatever guidelines that CBN is pushing out, or you get to pay some penalty for it. For instance, the, the, the concept of mm. the PVN, the cashless policy, they are typical examples of um, technology-driven innovation coming from the central bank. So that has proved the adoption. For the insurance space, we need to also borrow a cue from that. Having to drive most of the innovation from the regulatory bodies will go a long way in improving the adoption rates in the insurance space. So are you saying that the regulator should be the number one advocate for the tech revolution that really has to happen in the industry? Yes, yes, um, yes, uh, yes. I, I can say that um, and say it again. Uh, and the way it also works out is this. Um, apart from the regulators, um, you could also have agent of change within the industry, right? And um, for instance, at Tangerine Life, we have a lot of our strategies 
being driven using digital, right? So if you have a disruptor in the in the industry, that will also other players um, to come on board, right? Otherwise, they die. So apart from even the regulator, um, uh, we need or uh, we need to you know bring on board disruptors, right? So, um, so so that's um, yes. that's one other one other way you can get others to begin to adopt this trends. So looking at the marriage between insurance and technology generally in the industry, for insurers who still are, are asking why they should be spending so much on IT, how do you, as the chief information officer of XYZ insurance company, how do you convince them that this is actually the path to take, especially in a time like this? Organizations are coming to realize that it's either you adopt technology in driving your business processes or you die. There are many organizations that are not able to withstand the global lockdown because most of their business yes. processes are not digitized. People have always said that most times uh, chief information officer find it very difficult, you know, to get budget for most of this technology initiative. But with the global pandemic, <laughs> it, it's clear. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, as the need for technology, you know, in driving businesses is, is clearer to us, the economic, you know, um, downturn and the impact COVID-19 has on the economy is also clear to everyone. So getting the required budget to drive this thing is, is also an issue. So what happens is most organizations, they just die in natural death. So for me, I think um, mm. digital strategy um, should be driven from the top. Um, and um, that's why there are organizations today in their board, they, they, they bring on board um, um, executive directors that are IT you know, savvy, right? So that they could um, also speak to these things. So it's, it's very clear. It's it's very clear. Um, other ways with which um, this can be done is to ensure that whatever you are proposing as a chief information officer is data driven, right? So that's why I tell a lot of people okay. that you need to learn online and relearn. Things are changing, and if you do not mm. change with the tide, you are likely to be left behind. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Adebo Ale Banjo. I'm co-founder, CEO at MyCover.ai, and we are building Africa's digital insurance infrastructure. For the latest news on insurance technology in Africa, keep listening to InsurTech Business Series and stay updated. I want to ask, how do you think we can revamp our claims management system. This area has been a pain point for insurers and, and customers over the years. You know, and those customers have, over the years as well, lost trust in the industry, not only in those specific insurance companies. Do you think tech really is the messiah? Like I said initially, uh, everything should be driven, building on IT. IT should be at the core of the strategy of the business. Taking, for instance, the claim um, procedure you just talked about. Truth be told, there is need for a lot of collaboration, system integration. Um, For instance, with um, payment gateways, integration with system verification or user verification portals, integration with the bank for PVN, you know, validation and the rest. So if the organization sees this as an opportunity, it will go a long way in automating most of those processes. Most organizations still rely so much on paper 
And the truth is, I will give a typical example in COVID-19 where people are forced to work from home, right? So are you able to get those papers, to have to scan them and all of that? But if you have a digital um, system, you can easily have access to this um, you know, to this information and, and you're able to proceed with your claims procedure. There are technologies that can be adopted to get all of this on board. There's so much happening in cloud computing technologies. So leveraging you know, on them will go a long way in ensuring straight through processing and um, a more efficient um, you know, business process. You mentioned that there are a number of solutions that can actually help the insurance business. You mentioned the cloud. If you are going to mention three solutions that, or technologies now that insurance companies must be embracing at the moment. What would they do? I wouldn't want to be product specific, but I would just speak to the technologies. For instance, organization needs to start looking at um, AI, that's artificial intelligence. Most of the decisions yeah. are data-driven. That is very, very crucial. You know, data don't lie. It's also clear to everyone yes. that they say data is the new oil and everything that you do, if it is data-driven, you are... You have some level of assurance of accuracy. You also have some level of assurance that whatever business um, decision that is made from data, it's worth the while. Because truth be told that with human, there are a lot of um, error, inefficiencies and the rest. But when you have data driving most of the things you do, um, you, you can be sure. That's on one side. Um, the other one is, um, like I mentioned earlier, um, cloud adoption. There are a lot of cloud providers here and there that have adopted recent technologies. So you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Why not just, you know, collaborate with them, partner mm. with them and focus on your core, on the core of your business so that as technology is evolving and they are adopting these technologies, you can easily, you know, have them on board your business. Uh, and I also strongly believe that there is need for a lot of uh, collaboration uh, within the industry and also um, with other players in other industry. I'll give a typical example. Um, why do you have to be um, focusing so much on KYC when there are organizations that have done it so well? Mm. So all I need to do is just plug mm. into the existing KYC portal and have that capabilities on board. So those are things that organization needs to start looking at. Today's customize demanding for a different type of service compared to yesterday's, especially in the financial industry. How can insurers really leverage tech to improve customer service? The need of the customer is changing. Gone are the days where people want to come to your office location to consume your services. Now people want to be in the comfort of their homes on their mobile phone and they are able to consume your services. People want to be able to consume your services in a very easy and comfortable manner. So insurance needs to begin to embrace channels that makes it very easy for customers to be able to do whatever they want. And any organization that is still looking in that traditional space is likely to, to fold up anytime soon. So the needs of the customers are changing. The how they want the services to be delivered to them is changing. And uh, we need to begin to change in that light. And truth be told, that is what it is today. But in coming years, it could as well change. So organization needs to be very resilient and needs to, you know, follow the tide. Um, what, what I say for most organizations is they need to have 
R&D team within the organization that is looking at these changes and see how the organization can adopt, you know, and adapt as these changes are happening. In the age of fintech, lentech, you know, agri-tech, you know, some people have said that insurance companies of the future are tech companies who sell insurance services. Could this be a yes, fair assessment? It, it, it's entirely true, right? Um, most organizations, like we, we say, that are future-focused, they are changing their models, right? Rather than be uh, product-centric, you're platform-centric, mm-hmm. right? People want to be able to do anything they want, and the how they want to do it is something that we need to continue to look at. The value proposition is changing. Mm-hmm. What is valid to me today, mm-hmm. tomorrow may not be valid to me. And the organization needs to begin to create those values and opportunity to assess this value. And one of the major challenges today is on assess- accessibility. Most times you see that people would are forced to either come fiscally to offices to assess the states. So, so all of that is changing. So technology should be at the core of every of the business strategies. So in terms of how value is distributed, how value is created, and, and all of that, all of those things are changing. And we need to begin to embrace, embrace that. And that applies to all the different industries. Like you mentioned, the agriculture industry. Right, you talked. We talked about the insurance space. We talked about the, you know, you know, the banking sector. You know, so everything is changing. How do you think the measures of social distancing and remote working will affect the IT space? You know, what kind of trends do you think we will begin to see post COVID nineteen? Oh, okay. Thank you for that question. So beyond um, that is the uh, isolation. Um, remote work has come to stay. Post COVID nineteen, a lot of people would have to work from home because those are the days where you have to gather people in one office and you say they work from there because it poses a major risk to their health and also the regulators will definitely frown at that. So people need to start seeing how people can work from the comfort of their home, where people can work from anywhere in the world. So that's where the remote work comes on board. So there is need to start deploying um, remote access VPN solutions that gives people ability to, you know, securely connect to the resources of the organization from anywhere they are. So there will be a lot of demand for internet, a lot of demand for data and again as you expand digitally there are also major risks from the cyberspace so having to deploy the right cyber security controls as you expand digitally is also very very crucial i see that coming on board and um, fortunately for some organizations they are already practicing um, the remote work prior to the COVID-19. So most organizations that already had these capabilities, it should be seamless for them. Why organizations that have operated on our way would have to start considering realigning their business continuity model um, and um, their this continuity model to allow staff and employees work from from home. Earlier, you mentioned collaboration and the fact that it's very important and at the moment. So you have some experience with the telecoms industry and there have been talks uh, about how the telecommunication industry can really help the insurance industry to improve penetration. So how do you think this can work? It's something that is already happening. 
you know um I, I know that the telecoms industry has major players there that have some products that could enable insurance company you know partner with them and have this capability on board um, a lot of them already have good um, network coverage so why not partner with them i know a couple of them have this concept of a uh, sponsored data they have a lot of products you know that you can you know leverage on as um, insurance companies and um, partner with them so it's an area that many organizations need to consider there's a research work that i did sometime um i think about three four years ago where an organization improved their revenue by um, about 200% because they partner. And in that partnership, what they try to do is to improve on the adoption rate of their um, digital products. And they were able to do that uh, because they had that engagement and partnership with the telco to be able to allow the users to consume their services, you know, leveraging on the huge coverage area that the telco already achieved. So, so partnership, it's, it's something that every organization must consider um, because there are organizations that have already done these things um, well. Why not have them, you know, on board? We're looking through your LinkedIn page and we saw that you have a mentorship program running. So can you tell us about that and how that came about? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, some years back, I saw a huge gap between the professionals and the intending ones. And I, I thought that how, how can I um, bridge the gap? So that was why I, I did that. And I had a lot of people coming to me to seek for professional on how they can build their career in um, IT and cybersecurity space. So I, I saw that as an opportunity to give back to the society. So um, I, I um, a platform where um, professionals and intending ones can come together um, so that the professionals can nurture the intending ones. They could also, you know, talk through how they were able to achieve, you know, the giant stride in their career pursuits. They can also walk them through on what they need to do to be able to achieve same. So that was a driving force for me. So it's more about giving back to the society and also um, bridging the gap between the professionals and the intending professionals. So before we let you go, I have one more question for you. So speaking about... Uh, COVID-19, you mentioned that remote work, for example, has come to stay. How do you think that technology can help? This question, someone has posed it to me sometime. And, and I said, yes, technology can help you. However, there is also a need to be able to uh, measure performance from the business space. And the good thing, I thought through it and I said to myself, it's easy, right? You give um, a subordinate a tax to do and you have also assigned timeline to the delivery of the tax. So if the tax is done within that time space, you could measure productivity from there. Most times we, we yeah. think that everything has to be based on technology, how often is the person connected and all of that. For instance, there are some um, tax that doesn't really require you to be connected to the resources of the organization. For, for instance, you have a presentation to do. You can do that offline. Mm. So I, I strongly believe that the responsibility to measure activity should lie with the managers. 
And again, it should go that way from the managers to the manager's manager and all of that. So organization could adopt some kind of uh, maybe regular meetings, you know, where the task will be discussed and be given. So I, I think those are ways that that can be done and you can leverage on um, collaboratory tools. You don't have to be together physically to do this, right? So there are a lot of collaboratory tools that can be leveraged to measure productivity and performance post-COVID as people work remotely. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Sanandono. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, and um, thank you for having me. Hello and welcome back to our podcast. My name is Fulimi and joining me here is an IT veteran in the insurance industry, Ade Yinka Ade Romdi. Uh, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Tell us a bit about yourself. Okay, my name is Yinka Ade Romdi. I'm an IT professional. I've been at it for about 18 years now. I have been lucky to work in very entertaining and interesting industries. I started out as a service provider, so I just delivering technology solutions. From there, I joined um, Airtel, then was V-Mobile, did quite about five years in telecoms, fun times, learned a lot of new way of working, a lot of new technologies came out, and Nigeria changed as we know it then. Then from there, I moved to a conglomerate, which is General Electric. After General Electric, I work in uh, Conga, which is e-commerce which uh, exposed me to more modern technologies, web, mobile, digital marketing, social space. I've always been a solutions person from my days in telecoms. So I just kept adding the experience uh, along the way. Uh, my journey into insurance was very different from almost all my journeys. I was invited to be a guest for Net Connect, I think that should be like 2016 or early 2017. I had a, a panel event which I spoke. And after the panel event, or before the panel event, I met someone and I was just sharing with her how uh, HMO can improve service with the use of technology. Basically, I was saying that HMOs don't need to make me wait in the hospital to verify me for my treatment. They have a contract they can easily use a, a blockchain smart contract to deliver the same service with lead, with less pain for both the customer and themselves and allow the hospital to be able to make decisions faster. Because some of those things, they are standard and the smart contract can actually effectively manage that. That's still pending though. So after that conversation, she did find that interesting. And we had more conversation and she it really convinced me to come to insurance because I felt, oh, insurance, <laughs> come on. What? <laughs> Are they sure they really, they really do technology there? Which is a mistake on my part, lack of insight and foresight. This is a multi-billion naira or dollar in, um, industry and there's mm -hmm. lots yeah. and lots of potential there. So she convinced me, even though the company did not start full operation from there, I, I moved to Leadway. And that's that theme how I really got to insurance. It wasn't a direct approach. He has he has a lot of bends and corners. But we are here. Oh wow, that's really amazing. No. But then again, I would also like to ask 
in terms of digitization in the insurance industry, do you think we have been able to meet up with other people um, from the other sectors you work with? Or do you think we're still at a growing pace? We've not met up. And as you know, digitization, even for those industry in code that it says developed, is still an ongoing concern. Nobody's yet there. There's always an opportunity to use some emerging technology to either improve your service or get disrupted. But the insurance sector has been a bit slower to come into the party. But that is changing. They are now coming to the party, and that's why you have someone like me in my organization. I have very my my CI is very experienced, coming with a lot of IT experience. We have a lot of people with loads of loads of technology, digital marketing. So the insurance sector is coming into into the into the digital way of doing business. We've been a bit slow, but now we are trying to change that narrative because the expectation from the customer has changed. The type of our customers is changing. And at the same time, we have to deliver that value that we've always delivered to our customers independent of these changes. And that's why we have to move in this direction. At the same time, there are opportunities for improvement in operations and improvement in customer experience, which digitization actually offers us. As we all have discovered during this our lockdown, if you want to do transaction and you don't get to your office, you have to ride on one form of digital platform because they are easier and they are more convenient. And those are the opportunities that is in front of all of us, even as an industry. At the same time, the regulator is also pushing us as an industry towards that direction, taking the lead that both the regulator and the regulated, everyone in the industry is pushing towards a digitized space where all of us can move the industry forward using technology to drive business, to drive financial inclusion for both us and our customers. How do you think we can penetrate that space? I mean, we've been having a lot of reports saying that the insurance industry has only penetrated at the 0.5%. I used to think that technology is the messiah, is the one that would address that particular bit in terms of distribution. What do you think? I agree with you to really improve us in that financial inclusion space. There are about two or three things we need to consider. The first thing is awareness. Are people really aware that these services exist? Are they aware of the value to add to their life? Are we aware of how insurance actually makes you richer? You see, most Nigerians consider insurance as something that you just pay for. Insurance is part of your financial well-being. What you cannot afford to lose, you must have it insured. If you know if you lose something, your own financial well-being will be in jeopardy, that kind of life or asset must be insured. So people need to be aware of how insurance play in their total financial and economic well-being. At the same time, we have to worry about distribution. Any good product needs to get to the market. If the cost and the speed of reaching the market is, is slower than the size of the market, you probably cannot service the market which is where the technology plays in. So we can use technology to help with education. Things like gamification can actually help people to understand insurance better without them having to spend money. Things like virtual training and virtual courses can be available to people to actually improve the understanding of, of, of insurance. But more importantly, so we can use technology to distribute insurance faster, similar to some of the things with the banks, things like USSD, mobile app, yeah. websites, can allow us to yeah. really distribute insurance 
faster and better. And if you look at some of the insurance products that we may need to take to that side of the market, some of them may be micro. The product has to carry that cost of distribution, which means it has to be distributed at a very, very cheap cost, which is some of the opportunity that technology offers you because once you invest in your technology platform, you don't have to keep reversing manuals. Your service cost, you can still keep using it to distribute to people in Lagos, distribute to people in Abuja, distribute to people in Madiguri, distribute nationwide on the same technology platform, which gives us a new opportunity to actually make the market cheaper and better. In terms of what you do for Leadway, how do you think that Leadway would take the market? Especially now that um, people are looking at a futuristic use of digital application. COVID-19 has forced a lot of things. What I do for Leadway is I, I lead the digital transformation initiatives for, for the business. And basically, this is how you use technology to improve your business, both internally and externally. How do you deliver more value to your internal stakeholders and your external stakeholders with the use of technology? Which means, are you going to get some operational efficiency or deliver more value to your customer or improve their customer experience of your products using new, emerging or existing technology? At times, people always focus on new and emerging technology. Some initiatives are just the use of existing technology to deliver more value to either internal stakeholders or external stakeholders. Now, talking about Midway, obviously, I can't say totally all the things we are doing, but one of the things that is critical is, as a business, we have agreed that digitization is a strategic cost that we are taking. And that is permeating into every arm of our business. And we are leading that vote on our B2B business, on our B2B business, on our every business that we are doing, we are looking for opportunity to digitize and improve experience, not just internally, but for our customers. And that's something that we are pushing because we know that as the landscape of the world is changing, customer expectations are changing. And we plan to be around to meet that expectation. So the focus of our digitization is not just internal improvement, but we also want to make sure we deliver better experience and better value to our customers. It's a moving concern and we are working at this day by day to just get better at it. Hi, I'm Dr. Neto, founder and CEO of Wella Health, where we're working on affordable access to healthcare using technology and alternative care pathways, microinsurance being central to our work. I'm delighted to be on a chat on InsurTech Business Series where we talk about some of the stuff we're learning at Wella Health and how we can improve insurance adoption across Nigeria and Africa. Enjoy. Talking about improving customer experience, how do you think that insurance can leverage on technology to improve customer service and address customers' wants? So we've already talked about the distribution part. The second part is the simplification mm-hmm. part. Inherently, insurance can be a bit technical to both experience and to understand. And that's some of the challenges that an average non-insurance industry worker have or person have when trying to experience insurance. We can be a bit too, I would like to say, overboard with the way we communicate insurance and the way we ask people to experience it. And this is some of the places where technology can work with a bit of re- and social re-engineering of some of these our platform. For example, how do you simplify an onboarding process? How do you simplify a claims process? 
Now, if you walk your technology up and down, you may be able to improve this based on the feedback you get from your customer. But this is something that we have to grow into. You, we've not been on this journey before. We cannot say 100% this is what will work. But one of the basic things we try to push is simplification. Can we make it easy for them? Because insurance requires a lot of data to, to engage on basic stuff. Can we simplify this data gathering and, and, yeah. and make the experience similar? I, I've worked in e-commerce and one of the things we try to do in e-commerce, we talk about this one page checkout. You log into a, a page, you select your product, you add it to cart, and from that one page, you check out. So in my head, I say, is, it, is this something we can do for our, our insurance? But you have to now balance it with both the regulatory need, the business need, and the experience. And that's why we are, it gets interesting because it's a balancing act of the three. But technology offers you the room to make this place. And you test them in the market. The one that the market accepts, you move forward. The one that the market rejects, you bounce off. If the regulator does not support any digitization in the industry, there's no way that most of us can move forward in the insurance industry. So what do you think might be the regulatory concerns or challenges about InsurTech? And um, what would you advise regulators in terms of supporting digitization in this industry? So the regulator now is pushing along on the integration phase. I believe last check, they've committed to saying they themselves will digitize their own operations. And that changed the narrative. Because if our regulator is doing it, it now makes sure it's in the industry. We all now have to know that now this is our reality. And when this becomes our reality, the collective strength of the whole industry comes to play. And there's power in collective strength. Remember, as of a couple of years ago, none of us were doing our banking transaction over USSD. But with the collective strength of the banks all adopting this platform, the customers indirectly move in that direction. So with our regulator pushing digitization, we in the industry accepting to push it more. I believe over time we'll create that synergy in which the customers of insurance have the best of all the worlds, both in how they engage us, how they experience insurance, and how even the oversight functions of insurance is carried out by the insurance company and also the regulator. So the drive from the regulator to push everybody and say, okay, we will lead this by example has changed the narrative. And I think the communication over board now is like everybody now has to come to this party. With this whole pandemic, majority of us have been forced to make use of the available um, technology infrastructure we have put in place or that has been put in place by our organization. What do you think will be the future after this whole pandemic? Believe you me, COVID-19 has changed all the rules and broken down all the assumptions and given us the essence of what is available to us digitally. A lot of people that never thought they were seeing uh, meetings online are using Zoom. A lot of people are making calls on WhatsApp to just reach customers. A lot of people are doing webinars and having conference calls over all manner of technologies. We are still doing business using all our digital platforms, making payment through our digital platforms. So the experience of customers, of employers, of workers within the industry have totally changed. And it's, it will be difficult for you to go back and tell them some things are not doable again. Because they now know they have options. They now know the technology exists. They now know it is doable. So what I'm expecting post-COVID is there'll be a lot of short, quick innovations, some fast-track innovations. And it may not be the innovation that um, you will call innovation because I always explain to people, innovation is 
the use of a technology to fit your purpose. It may be an existing technology in another industry. You bring it to your own sector and you use it. One of the things I expect to see more is more digital-based marketing for insurance because people now know that works. More remote engagement with customers rather than our offshore engagement. I expect more of it. And I expect more customers even more open to just buy insurance online. But the, 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 the narrative is everybody knows that you could do a lot now on digital platforms. You could do a lot like online. You could do a lot now on the web. And I expect everybody to now say, okay, if I can do a lot on these channels, can I extract more value? Can I develop another maybe pipeline through this through this through these channels? And I expect that will push and drive a new wave of innovation in the digital industry. With all of the advent of um, social distancing, how are we going to monitor remote working? What infrastructures can we put in place to ensure that remote working works for us? So remote working will work as organization number one, like I said, change their paradigm because it's more of a mind thing rather than the technology thing. After they've changed their paradigm, put in proper policies and procedures. In a place where you are working with human beings, people need to know what is acceptable what is expected and what is required. So we need to have a proper, most likely come up with some form of working from home policies and remote work policies, those kind of policies and procedures to help. And the last thing is make the technology for that available. For the organizations that have not done that before now, they're probably taking a lot of beating from, from the market which is what's going to happen because that means they can't engage with customers and they can't do business. For the organization that have done it, it will be business as usual. So I expect post-COVID, the people that have lagged in this space will, 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 will join on, on it and try to push the ability to work remotely for the organization. Remember, even though the lockdown is lifting on Monday, it's still not business as usual. The working hours is very limited. Yeah. And if you factor in Lagos, let's use Lagos as an example, Lagos traffic time, it means you will still require quite a lot of people to work from home because if I'm going to get to the office at nine, I have to leave by three and I live in a far distance, what time would I leave the house? I can't leave the house before six. If I leave the house by six, maybe I'm getting to work by 10. Now, if I'm living far and everybody's going to eat the road by three, if I'm not careful, I will not get home before eight. And those those days, yes, yeah. we still have to now look at the options that is in front of us to, to, to make work, work for all of us. So I'm expecting that the adoption rate to still keep increasing in terms of working from home. And that this offers new, new opportunities. Things like maternity leave can be extended. People that are returning from maternity mm-hmm. can say, okay, for now, I'll work from home for one more month. And that, that will increase employee satisfaction you get it so so it's 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 about how we spin it and how the organization is open and acceptable to the opportunities that remote work provides obviously like every good thing there could be abuse which is why the policies need to be in place the policies will drive to make sure the abuses are limited and the business can actually extract more value now everybody has to own their life which is the work-life balance yeah. When you're working from home, at some point you have to say, okay, these are my work hours. Because there's that tendency to work from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m., 7 a.m. to 11 a.m., and that's not totally healthy. I remember joking with someone and said, nowadays we only have three days. We have yesterday, we have today, and we have tomorrow. 
we don't even know which day of the week it is. We're just walking. And, and that might not be the, the best scenario. So it's advised that you have a good work environment. You have hours that it's okay. Between these hours, I'm going to have a me time. I'm going to have a family time because you still have to balance work, personal time and family time, even though you are working from home. I completely agree with you, sir. And you touched virtually all of the concerns and questions I was going to raise today. So this is me here saying thank you very much, sir, for taking your time out to join our podcast. Thank you, Ma, for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you. And I like the drive that you guys are trying to make insurance information more available to, to Nigerians because there's additional value in insurance. When I joined the industry, I realized how financially ignorant I have been. And I wasn't as, I've been around. And I realized how much value I have lost by not having insurance to play the right part in my financial well-being. I hope the industry does drive more and we get more people to come and make sure that their life and their finances are set in order by using insurance products. Thank you very much for staying tuned. Um, I'm sure you enjoyed both interviews from Samuel Umbunu and Adeyinka Adorambe. You could see the different perspective and their views, as well as the uniformity in their views on digital transformation in the insurance industry in Nigeria. What do you think, Damola? Yeah, definitely quite interesting to talk to both of them. And it generally just tells me that, one, there are opportunities and then also the fact that uh, we need to be doing more as insurers generally. And yeah. I know that, yeah. you know, yeah. it's high time that we start having those conversations. And hey, that's why we have this podcast, to ignite those conversations and see how it goes from there. Because we need to enable our services, our processes with technology in order to be ready for that future. So yes, yeah, so it was quite interesting. Welcome to the new segment of InsurTech Business Series. These are the new stories. 5,000 Nigerian frontline health workers to get life insurance cover. The Presidential Tax Force on COVID-19 has received the life insurance cover for the frontline workers on COVID-19 for a maximum of 5,000 health workers who are employed to fight against the pandemic. The premium, which amounts to a total sum of 112,500,000 for the cover, has been fully paid by the Nigerian insurance industry, in line with the principle of no premium, no cover. Mutio Sumanu succeed Aj Umokode as chairman WAPIC Insurance, and Bode Oshukoya has been appointed as the chairman of WAPIC Life Assurance. The board and management of WAPIC Insurance has announced the appointment of Mutsio Sumonu as the chairman of its board of directors and Bababode Oshikaya as chairman of its subsidiary, WAPIC Life Assurance Limited. By this appointment, Sumonu and Oshikaya succeed Aibuji Aij. Imokwede will retire effectively April 27, 2020, after eight years of diligent and committed service to both organizations. And now on a global scale. U.S. weekly jobless claims hit $3.84 million, topping $30.3 million over the last six weeks following the pandemic. 
Now we've come to the end of this new segment. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned. Thank you very much for joining us on the program today. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Samuel Mbono from Tangerine Life and Yinka Aderombi from Leadway Assurance. You can join the conversation online by following us on Twitter at Insure365N. My name is Damola Oloko. And my name is Polini. Take care and stay safe. Bye.